have a promise from the word to keep on keeping on. We have a promise that's contrary to the spirit of the world. And he says, keep on keeping on. Keep on doing good. Because if you keep on keeping on, keep doing good, you will not grow weary and you will receive everything he has called you to receive. And how many of you have read the word of God and you know that in his word, he says, I promise you, he says, the promises of God are yes and amen. The promises of God. And we know we stand on these promises because they are life. Deuteronomy 28. And in verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They're going to be defeated before your face, Jess Marie. They're going to be defeated before your face, Gabby. They're going to be defeated before your face. Amen. In other words, you're going to see it. Say, you're going to, I'm going to see it. The blessing of the Lord. Oh, you got to walk as the army that you are called to be. You got to walk as an ambassador that you are called to be. We are ambassadors. We are living epistles. God says you're a living epistle. You're being read. You're being read every day, every moment. You're being read, but you're also an ambassador. And an ambassador knows how to fight. An ambassador is not going to take a break when God says the battle is on. Stop taking a break when I never called you to take a break. We rest in his presence, but we get up and we fight. And in the day and in the hour that we live in, we need to know that we are in the fight. We're in the battle. The battle may be the Lord's, but he says, I've called you to fight with the weaponry that I've given you in the word of God. And you've got to be able to identify what spirit is operating so that you can cast that spirit down. Walk in and cast it down. Stop ignoring what's obvious to you because God's given you eyes to see. Am I making sense? If you don't see it because you have no discernment, that's a different story. But when you see it, stop ignoring what God's called you to see. And you see it, but you ignore it and you look the other way. Somebody's life is dependent upon it. Somebody's life is dependent upon it. See or do you see? If you see, then you're going to act. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They will come out against you in one direction, and they will flee before you seven ways. Seven ways the enemy comes and leaves. Every time there's an assignment that comes against you, you just got to look at that thing in the face and say, you leave seven ways. In seven directions, you must scatter. You don't get to stay. You thought you came one way, but you're going seven ways. Do you do that? Do you speak to that assignment? You have to speak to that assignment. The problem with many Christians is, is that the, the lack of victory is the lack of voice. Your voice is a weapon. The lack of victory is the lack of speaking up. Stop thinking your way through and speak it. You have to speak it. God's given you a mouth to speak it. Right? And so we need to realize, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You got to wake up when you put your feet on the ground. You got to know that you know that you know you are God's agent. And the enemy has to know that he knows that he knows that you're up again and you're not going to take his baloney. You're not. You know too much. You've gone too far and God's shown you too much and you're not stepping back. So if it's sickness, curse that thing. If it is something with your marriage, curse that thing. You got to remember, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. We have to know where the battle truly is and how to fight. And we fight using the, the weapon of the word, having the wisdom of God. The Lord will command the blessing on you. Say on me. 
I carry the blessing. You carry the blessing. And not only will he, he command the blessing on you, but in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand to. Look at your hands. These hands are blessed. These hands are blessed to carry the blessing and to be a blessing. Yes, yeah, the problem is people don't bless themselves. They'll bless somebody else. Oh, God bless you. Oh, God bless you. We sign every email. God bless you. Blessings. Blessings. Do you bless yourself? Bless yourself. Bless your body. Bless your hands. Bless your mind. Bless yourself. Bless yourself. It's important to bless yourself. You can write these down. Proverbs 6.31. When the thief is caught, referring to a thief in this section, he must, re he must restore seven times. And so we know that when a thief is caught, that he has to restore seven times. And you have every right to speak to that and say, oh, no, sevenfold blessing is coming my way. Sevenfold blessing is coming. You thought you came against my son, my daughter. You thought you came against my, my inheritance. You thought you came. You may have tried, and maybe it looked like in a way you even succeeded. But there is a sevenfold blessing that's coming my way, and I'm not going to stop until I get it. Now, Psalm 91, 7. A thousand may fall by your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Psalm 115, verse 2. When the world says, so where is their God now? Where is their God now? Our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases, which is the very next scripture of Psalm 115, verse 3. He is in heaven. He's not asleep. He didn't take a break. He's not confused. He's not, he doesn't have amnesia. He's 100% El Elyon, and he knows. He knows all things. He sees all things. He's all present. He's all powerful. Where is your God? Excuse me. I guess you don't know him. Because you wouldn't ask that kind of a question if you knew him, right? But you know, we do have, but we do have churches, people, Christians that are asking the same question. Where is he now? Where is our God now? Where is God? Why is this happening? Why are we allowed to have these things in our school? Why is it? Why is it becoming so in your face? Why is all this agenda becoming so apparent? Where is God? Why is he allowing this to happen? How about wake up and take your arm, your, your, your weaponry and say, because we live in a diabolical, demonic assigned world where the enemy roams around, but he only roams where he's allowed to go. And where you are, he can't be allowed to go. He can't be allowed to go in your homes. If you stand up and say, shut up, I say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. No. No. Put the blood on it. No. He might be allowed to roam around in places that you are not at, at that place, but he is not allowed to be where you have been assigned and God has assigned you to strategic places. He has assigned you to specific people. He has. And so wherever there is a question in your mind, where is God? Why is this happening? What's going on? And fear starts to creep in. You have listened to the wrong voice. You have listened to the wrong voice. 
Lord, open up their eyes to see. Oh, they may see the war around them. They may see the enemy around them. But open up their eyes to see the warrior, the kingdom of heaven, the angelic army all around them. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater. I don't care how great they think they are, how big they think they are. Greater is he that is in you. you got to speak that over your spirit, man, as you walk and talk throughout the day. And as you're even by yourself, start talking to yourself. You're really not talking to your. You're talking to Jesus. But if it looks like you're talking, my granddaughter sometimes will, no, no, who you're talking to? <laughs> She'll hear me talking and praying out loud. Who are you talking to? Say in the name of Jesus. And I just, I'm praying. I'm speaking it out into the atmosphere. For the atmosphere needs to obey the spirit of God in me. The atmosphere needs to obey the spirit of God in you. Did I not say that you were blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out? Does the word not say you are blessed? Did the word not say your hands are blessed, therefore everything you touch is blessed? Did the word not say a thousand may fall by your side, ten thousand by your right hand, but it's not going to come near you? If it's near you, kick it out. And you may have to continue kicking it out until you see the truth of it, the fruit of it, Right? So it doesn't matter, like where whatever is going on right now in the world, you are called by God, you are divinely assigned, appointed, bearer, you're a bearer or an armor bearer of the truth. And truth is not back, doesn't back down. When you know the truth, it sets you free. When you know the truth, it actually empowers you. When you know the truth, and you know the one that gave you that truth, this is the truth which is based on the word. You know, that truth will never, ever, ever change. And not only will it not ever change, but also it never weakens. It never grows old. It's never outdated. Although the world would tell you that it's true. Well, they've got something else coming. Because we know that the finger of God, one finger, one look from his eyes, one glance. Come on, utterly destroyed. Utterly destroyed. The enemy couldn't defeat him. Though he tried. And he, knowing that he's a loser, tries to defeat you. He tries to defeat us. He's a big loser. I'm going to make sure we remind him of that. Right? Hallelujah. It's only when you believe the lie of, oh my gosh, all these things are happening. Well, here's your preparation time. Number one, be in church. Number one, be in church. Be grounded. Be grounded in church. You've got people that will go here and there and, well, the Lord, I just go where the Lord tells me to go. I just go where the Lord. Stop with the rebelliousness and stop with the lawlessness and you wonder why your life is all over the place. Your walk is all over the place. Are you grounded anywhere? And is there where God has put authority over you? Oh, now I'm stepping on some toes. Ooh, got quiet in here. Now I'm saying, even on the floor, they're saying, come on. <laughs> Seriously, we have to understand there is a church that most of scattered. What was it, two years ago? Year and a half? Not that long ago. Scattered. Everyone went to their own homes. And most, not everybody, but most, right? I knew back then. I thought, you know what? It's. It's going to be hard to call all those people back into church because some people it's just easier to stay at home and do the online and do whatever else they're going to do. But it's going to be hard because you know what? It's discipline 
to come to church. You have to discipline yourself to come to church. You have to discipline yourself to be in fellowship. It's easier to hide and nobody to know your stuff. And when you, things are difficult, well, guess what? Nobody needs to know. Yeah, but when things are difficult, you're also there by yourself. You were called by God to actually assemble together and not be islands, right? So number one, we have to be in church, and we cannot be the type of people that just go from here to there, and they treat church as if it's some kind of an event where they just kind of, you know, this conference and that conference, and then so-and-so speaking a word over you, and you're like, oh, wow, and then you go here, and this person's speaking a word, and you're going, oh, wait, but, and then this person, and you're like, now I'm all confused. Exactly. Because you let too many voices speak into your life and you're not walking in the spirit of wisdom and discernment. Am I speaking to anybody or should I just smile right now? Should I just smile right now? Maybe I just should smile right now. <laughs> but it's true. It brings in deception. You know what it brings in? It brings in witchcraft. At, their at this church, you have an apostle. And I take this role serious. I don't just allow anything to happen because your blood is not going to be on my hands. So maybe that's a little foreign for some of you. Well, wake up. It's time to grow up. And it's time to realize. It's time to realize something. There is safety in order. There is safety in governmental order. And there is a governmental order order. You may not understand it fully, and we're all walking in to understand, and I'm doing my best to teach on, on it, and I keep on teaching on this as the Lord, you know, tells me to, uh, to bring in the understanding, of course, but there is order in the church, and everybody doesn't do whatever they want to do. They shouldn't just be doing whatever they want to do. I'm not talking about control. The minute you start talking about order, people think you're talking about control. Because there is that too. There is that side of it, unfortunately, where there is abuse of power. And then people, they shun, you know, power and, and authority, I should say, because of the abuses. No. Know who God's placed you under. And if, you've, and if he's placed you under somebody and you know their walk is right, then stop comparing them with somebody that's having sex with somebody in the church. Stop comparing them with somebody that's taking their children and they're defiling the children and they're calling it church. You all know those people. You all know. I'm not going to call out names, but it's in the news. Don't tell me it doesn't happen because it does. And that is a horrible, horrific thing because God said you were blessed. He said, you're blessed when you go in and blessed when you go out, that the fruit of your womb is blessed, that your hands are blessed. What are we doing with the blessing that God has given us? Let us not ever fall into that type of a trap where there is absolutely no order. So then everybody is free to do whatever they want to do, and they've gotten themselves in a huge mess, and now it's a disgrace to the Lord our God. That's who it's in it's a disgrace to. And the world mocks. The world mocks. And why wouldn't they? It's horrible. It's grievous. I was watching some, and I can say this because it's public, but I was watching a video about what happened with Hillsong. Horrible. Horrible. Total devastation. You know, anointed people that God has anointed. 
but we have to always remember in order, God's order, church order, there is holiness. And we are big on holiness. We have to, we get to walk in holiness, church. Holiness means being understanding when there is a correction that needs to be made, the correction should be received. Because ultimately, if you've placed yourself in a church, and I hope you have, and then therefore you have you've also submitted to that leader, and and hopefully that leader is a is a is a God fearing leader. First and foremost, a God fearing leader, and one that walks in holiness, and one that's not a, a, not afraid to walk in the authority with the compassion. It's not just compassion, and it's not just authority, but it's both. And you got to have both. You got to have a backbone. And so, therefore, when there is this type of, of order, there's safety, guys. There's safety in the church. We, as the church, and I'm speaking about the church at large, the body of Christ, we should be, because we are God's governmental design here on earth, so we should be the people that people can come to and find safety and find healing and find deliverance and find their breakthrough, their ability to grow as an individual because they make Jesus first and foremost in their life, and then they're in a body where people are truly the hands and feet of Jesus, not just lip service. So, so it's very important that we, we understand this, that this is the time right now. If you haven't already done this, be in your church. Be in church. If this is your church, praise God. But be in the church God has called you to be. be under the authority and the leadership that is established, that God has established. Learn to trust. Learn to walk in the ways of God, not the ways of maybe your tradition. Not the ways that maybe are easy to come because that's what you've always known. It's comfortable. Well, it may be a little bit uncomfortable if it's new, but if it's God, it's good. So it's not any time for us to back down. Be sober and be vigilant. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8, the word of the Lord says, Be sober and be vigilant because the adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He tries. And don't tell me, oh, well, he, won't, he's, he can't get the church because he already has half of them. Yeah. He has half of them. Yeah. I mean, I say half, just the, he has many believers. And that should never be because we have the spirit of God. We have the spirit of breakthrough. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit to break yokes. We have the anointing to cast out demons. So I'm going to say this, even though it may be mistaken. I'm saying, no, it's not going to be mistaken because you're all in the same spirit and you're all hearing the same word. So you have the mind of Christ. And so you know the spirit that's what it, what it was delivered in. Every single person, and I can tell you this, that comes to this church and remains here and stays under this anointing and this teaching, you will grow. You will grow. You will be strong. You will, and people will see it. People will see it, and they'll say, what happened to you? There's a boldness. There's a holiness. There, you're different. It'll be evident. I've seen it time after time after time. That's why I can boldly tell you because of what God has done in my life, and because I'm not ashamed of the gospel and I'm not afraid of man. There's absolutely zero, zero, zero 
fear of man and zero fear of demons. Zero. There has to be zero, right? My friend, yes? Because of that, I'm not afraid to tell you what I know is true. And you're not going to misrepresent or misunderstand simply because we're all under the spirit of God and, and the Lord is speaking to you right now. There's no pride in me. If there was pride in me, then guess what? I wouldn't be used by God the way he uses me. People mistake pride for holy boldness. Just because you see somebody walking in holy boldness does not mean that they're walking in pride. Learn to discern. If it's a spirit of pride, then you should be able to discern that. If it's a spirit of boldness and God's holiness, then you should be able to discern that too. But the church does confuse when they see boldness as pride. Why don't we just call pride pride and boldness boldness? How about let's get it right, right? Why don't we just get it right and call the right thing? Because why? Because you're killing your own. God says, I want a radical bride. He wants a radical church. You know, you can't be too radical for Jesus. You cannot be too radical for Jesus. That's right. You cannot. The violent take it by force. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is advancing and the violent take it by force. You've got to take some things by force. It's going to look like you're radical. Well, you should be radical. Jesus did the most radical thing when he died on the cross for us. He did the most radical thing. When he died and rose again on the cross, he did the most radical thing, but he wanted a bride that's also radical. He wants a bride that's pure, but he wants a bride that says, Oh, anything for you, Jesus. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what's spoken about me. I don't care how many unlikes. Go ahead and unlike. Go ahead and unlike. Go ahead and unfollow. Because let me tell you, the road is narrow. The road is narrow. We were never promised by God to have this massive following. If that's what you're after, you're after the wrong thing. And so it's Psalm 84, 10, because I know this one thing, and I know I'm in a room full of radical lovers of Jesus, but I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than be a king or a prince somewhere else. I would rather be the doorkeeper. Oh, Lord, just let me be the doorkeeper. Let me just be right by the door. I'll usher them in and I'll usher them out, but I just want to be a doorkeeper. I want to usher your presence in, oh, God, and when I see it's waning because somebody is walking in something they shouldn't be, Lord, let me be a doorkeeper that I'll stand, I'll pray, I'll decree, I'll let the blood of Jesus come around them and upon them I just want to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord forget about positions and titles and forget about princes and kings and positions like that but you have but we do have and I have to say this I have to say this because my gosh my goodness a church like ours that moves in the spirit I, I mentioned this today even on the on live service when I preached this morning a church like ours and others that move in the gifts and you see healings and you see deliverance, you see all this, right? And you see people flocking because, not because of Jesus, but because of the power. They, they want the power. Have mercy, oh God. We repent and ask you to forgive them, oh God. That is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. That's another gospel, the false one. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you don't accept him on his terms and you only accept him for the power that you see displayed, then you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. You've accepted a diabolical lie. And that's never going to hold you up when the times get difficult. That's never going to take you through to the end. And weren't we supposed to not grow weary 
but continue doing good. So we will not reap, or so that we will reap the good things of God, right? So it's so, so important that I, I really, I mentioned that this morning, you know, on, on the live that I did, and I really felt like, you know what, I think that it's probably going to come out today in the service because I'm just feeling the anointing for it. And I thought, you know what, people need to hear this. Stop following, um, stop following power. Stop following, oh, wow, oh, you know, don't, don't be wowed. Like, in other words, we have to balance this. I have to balance this. Like, I, what I mean by I have to balance this is, is, is that I want you to be excited for the things that God does. Absolutely. We are all excited. I tell you to clap and to cheer. Why? Because I want you to give honor to where honor is due. Amen. To Jesus. Right? I want you to give honor to where honor is due. We always want to honor him. So I, we, we want to come with an expectation. We pray for that. We pray that there's an expectation, a hunger in your heart, you know, a holy expectation. Absolutely. But we just can never, ever, ever lose sight of this gift of salvation that we have been given. This is the centrality of our faith. He is. He is. We must always be laid down lovers knowing that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. His blood was shed. He is enough. He is more than enough. Amen. And isn't it good? You know, when you walk with the Lord and you know that he is with you, you know, you may not think, you may not feel or see or hear a thing, right? Maybe you're not getting revelation at that moment. Maybe you're not, you're not um, hearing God say anything at that moment specifically, right? But you know that he is with you and that's all that matters. And you walk as his beloved, and that's what really matters. And then you walk knowing, yes, Lord, I'm so grateful that there's more. But your core, who you are at the core, is all about Jesus Christ. A laid down lover because of what he has done for you. He's given us that ultimate gift that we could never receive any other way had it not been for his sacrificial love for us. Psalm 35 and in verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad. <laughs> Hallelujah. We shout for joy. We're glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. I'm going to have you stand right now and we're going to say that together. Let the Lord, let the Lord be what? Magnified. Let's say it again. Let the Lord be? Let the Lord be? Who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Say, the Lord takes pleasure in me. The Lord takes pleasure when I, that, that I prosper. He wants me to prosper in every way. Let the Lord be magnified. Ma magnified. And he said continuously. He said continuously, let the Lord be magnified. Let this be a scripture that comes forth out of your mouth. The Lord be magnified continually. He takes pleasure in me. He's taking pleasure in you. He's taking pleasure in your prosperity, in your healing, in, in the resolve of the Lord. He's bringing it all together. Sons and daughters are returning home. He's bringing it all together. Your calling, your appointment has an appointed time. He's bringing it all together. Don't ever doubt the move of the Spirit. Let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified who takes delight in the prosperity of his servants. Somebody give him a round of applause. Somebody give him a shout. <laughs> 